0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Lore. Today is Surveillance Support Twenty Five, covering news from the very last week. We are hitting our seven week. Seven day cycle today, which is pretty exciting, which also means we don't have very much news today, which means we can actually really dig into each article and see what's up. Today's episode is going to feature one of our affiliates, Simple Login. We recently reviewed Simple Login on our YouTube channel, and it's now one of my new favorite open source and even free tools. It's an aliasing service, so if you have one email, you can create dedicated aliases for anything. Social media, shopping, dating, really whatever you want. And the site or person never sees your real email, but all of their emails will go to your normal email inbox. It's dirt simple. Once you register, you don't have to think about it. And this is a great tool to organize your accounts, prevent breaches involving your personal email, and really the possibilities are endless. It's on FDroid. Everything's open source. And in my opinion, it's criminally underrated, especially since the free plan will likely do for most people anyway. Watch our review if you want more of an in-depth dive of what it does and what it doesn't do, or you can just go on their website. I'll leave a link in the description, and that is an affiliate link, which helps us out. Let's go ahead and start our weekly news as always with companies. So a new lawsuit asks why Android phones are exchanging 260 megabytes a month with Google through cellular data when the apps aren't even in use. So this all happens in the background. Um, This is suing Google directly. It's not a third party. It's suing Google directly, and it's accusing them of using limited data allowances of users to transmit data not relevant to the user. It's very important that you note this because this is only accusing limited data allowances. Technically, lots of ISPs at home, Wi-Fi do throttle to normally a terabyte is what I've noticed, but that is not what they are talking about here. They are strictly talking about 4G LTE cellular data. So part of this, they got a brand new Samsung device and it just analyzed the amount of traffic that was collected by the device. Um, so they found that of course it collected a ton of user data in the background um however they are strictly concerned with the data usage they are not concerned about the privacy aspect of this they just care about the data usage so the lawsuit isn't targeting anything privacy related that google's doing in the background it's just the fact that it is collected over cellular data which could be costing its users money because some people are working with limited data plans it's very important to note that because these people aren't actually doing this out of the sake of privacy so while the lawsuit is noble and it's addressing a very legitimate problem it's not quite done for the reasons you might think of when you read this headline. So just keep that in mind, though we should probably still support this. Our next article shouldn't be a surprise to anybody who tunes into our weekly surveillance reports because now for months we've been talking about Zoom and their security problems, and we have a whole video outlining what those security problems are. And it's a very long video because they have a lot of problems. Uh, so one of the big problems is they continually lied about having end-to-end encryption, right? End-to-end encryption. Is when only you and the other person or people are able to decrypt or access the messages or content um, zoom used to tout that they have end-to-end encryption when they never did um, since 2016 by the way so they were actually falsely advertising security which they didn't have for about four years the scary thing is this was even used for some healthcare purposes where hipaa was involved and it was likely chosen because it might have met those very high standards well very high. We HIPAA could definitely be stronger, but it is something. The FTC and Zoom have established a settlement, which pretty much just requires Zoom to get their shit together and actually include end-to-end encryption and implement better security practices right? Which I think is not too much to ask for, and that's what some politicians are complaining about. It's not enough. Some politicians are responding, say this is absurd, as they lied for four years about a technology they didn't even have, which may have impacted users negatively, and those users are not being compensated for a product that they paid for. Because remember, a lot of companies pay for using Zoom, and they were promised end-to-end encryption, which Zoom never had. So, These politicians think it's only fair for them to be compensated in some way. While part of me says you can't have your cake and eat it too, which is what's definitely happening here, I very much would like to see Zoom come under some real fire for this, because it's true. They're getting off really easy for lying about something for four years, and if this was a smaller company that was being sued in a smaller court, uh, I'm sure something more drastic would happen to them. Believe it or not, that's all the company news this week. Uh, research is next up, and it's only one article. And this is probably what you've heard about this week. There wasn't much news, and this is probably the only thing you really heard about. Macs are spying on every single program you use and open, and it's just horrible, and you should never touch macOS if you actually read into it. That's the teal too long didn't read. (laughs) This is a very important to break down because there are a lot of things that I think were taken out of context. And again, if these things are valid, I definitely want to cover them. I'm not trying to defend Apple here, but I do want to defend misinformation, which is what some of this is as you know, Apple's Big Sur has been released. It's a major, they say every year's major, but it's apparently a, another major release of Mac OS, um, which brings along some cool new features, whatever, you know, Apple's drill. The researcher has accused Apple of three things with Big Sur. A, and if you're watching the YouTube video, you're gonna see it on the screen. A, unencrypted OCSP requests. B, These requests are carried through a third-party CDN. And C, Apple is inside the NSA's PRISM project. Let's break these all down. A, seems like the most valid concern. First, OCSP is not unique to Apple and is utilized on several operating systems, including many Linux distributions. It's not inherently something evil. Second, Apple implements this as a way to check the safety of programs, and this doesn't seem unique to Big Sur, so there is an argument for the security's sake. If you're a user who's downloading something malicious, there is a possibility this could catch that. Third, the concern of it being unencrypted seems extremely valid. But people are still digging into this because the researcher didn't include much information. Um, in theory, if it's unencrypted, that means that anyone on a network or anyone who's tapped into a network or anyone on your local Wi-Fi could look and see what programs are opening. And this is all in theory. But again, no one's really looked into this much. So I want to wait to see actual or different expert opinions to see what they have to say about this because a lot of the information in this research article isn't fully accurate or it's uh taken a little bit out of context or it's just completely fabricated without or at least there's no evidence to point to it so that's part a part b very similarly there's no evidence so yes I would like to wait to see what other people say about this, people who I consider legitimate experts. So let's wait on that. C is very interesting because we've known about this forever. Um, We've known that Apple's in the NSA PRISM project. PRISM allows the NSA to access certain kinds of communication and data within companies like Apple. This has been public since the Snowden revelations in 2013. Now, the weird thing is Apple's very transparent about this. Apple actually has a whole transparency page on their website where they list exactly what all of the requests are. So it's weird to me that this was even included in this article because it's not very relevant to the requests and they're not really tied together which makes me question the legitimacy of the article a little bit because the third point really has nothing to do with the other two, at least directly. In short, A lot of question marks. Um, Let's wait to hear more expert opinions, though it seems the overwhelming consensus from people who actually know what they're talking about is this isn't anything new, and although it's great to see the privacy community raise concerns over it and speak up and put people on the spot for doing some concerning things, it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal as people are making it seem. Apple does this to scan for malware, similar to how scanning the websites you visit in your browser for dangerous sites submits data to Google. Um, Though again, again, let's wait for more experts to comment on these things. There is a lot of misinformation floating around. Some of it seems to come from the raw article, and some of it seems to come from responses to the article. It seems like a crazy mess, and before we officially comment on anything and actually give a recommendation for something, like don't use Big Sur and ditch your MacBook, let's just wait. And don't update anyway, because there's always bugs in the first few weeks of macOS. Don't be that guy who updates early. Just let Apple figure out the problems first. That was it for research people. Now let's go into the politics, which also only had one article. It was a boring week. Um, believe it or not, nothing from the U.S. So we just go straight to the EU. The Swiss government never knew about that CIA front company. Now, for those who didn't hear, um, this was this came out some time ago, but it was revealed a Swiss-based encrypted device maker called Crypto AG was actually a front. For the CIA since 1970 as a way to get some more data on citizens. The Swiss intelligence service has known about this since 1993, but the Swiss political leaders had no idea of its existence since last year in 2019. That's really the story. It is kind of a nothing burger. Nothing really came out of this. Um, Really, the main takeaway is it's mostly a Swiss issue, as it shows an intra-governmental information gap that may displease the EU. Again, nothing's really come out of this. Um, I was kind of fishing for articles because there were no other major political articles, and this is the best I could find. One takeaway to give you is never over-rely on the jurisdiction of the country. So, you go to ProtonMail's website, and they say, oh, we're we're Switzerland-based, so trust us. Don't trust something just because of its jurisdiction. I do think jurisdiction can play a part into why something is trusted, but don't just say, this shouldn't be your main defense. ProtonMail is good because it's Swiss. No, there are very good American US things, despite the USA being a Five Eyes country, Um, so just keep that in mind. I wouldn't use jurisdiction as a sole decider for why you should or shouldn't use something. All right, the next category, free and open source. And I I spent more time than I'd like to admit trying to find an article because there wasn't really anything new in the open source world this last week. Um, it was a slow week. I can't really say that enough. So what I found, uh, the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, it's, If you don't know who they are, you should know who they are. They are a very pro-foss, very pro-privacy organization. They rely on donations, and they do a lot of cool things. You should check out their website, EFF.org. They introduced a new How to Fix the Internet podcast. Uh, The podcast digs deep into the issues that plague the internet today, as well as proposed solutions to them, including FISA, U.S. broadband, third-party doctrine, barriers to tech, facial recognition within law enforcement, and digital first sale. These are pretty common issues we hear about almost weekly in the surveillance report, and they're trying to make a podcast just talking about them. There is this official website too with a little bit more information and where to listen to it. Definitely watch that if you're interested. Don't forget too that Surveillance Report, if you're watching the video, is also a podcast. So you can watch both of these through your RSS client or Spotify or iTunes or wherever. So you get your weekly dose of depressing information because I should rename this to the Depressing Reports. It's almost never positive, man. All right, and just like most of the other categories, Misfits just had one, and this one was not hard to find because it was a pretty nasty Misfits article. Now, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, whether or not you agree with Donald Trump, his campaign does currently believe the election is rigged against them no comment to tackle this they opened a lawsuit and threw a site together to collect voter information for people who supported their cause the problem it was hastily thrown together uh, and publicly showed a list of voter names and addresses as you typed in the fields. Someone was able to run a script that could pull all the data of each voter's name and address. Another person used an injection to pull names, addresses, date of birth, and the last four digits of their social security numbers. The site is now buried, but um, I think it shows to be careful with any brand new websites that may not have been properly looked over within a few hours of creation. I think a major takeaway from this Voter data is treated like absolute garbage in the United States. I don't know how it is in other countries, as I live in the United States, but I can tell you, election data is just sold off to anybody. Um, When you register to vote, a lot of states give that data to campaigns, so campaigns can then target you for text messages, emails, um, mailing addresses, and whatnot, and that should not happen uh who you vote for should be one of the most secret things that you do people don't know that uh hitler in world war ii before um, he went on his massacre he used census data to help narrow down who was jewish um this kind of data if it falls into the wrong hands who did you vote for what side are you on what are your political beliefs what are your social beliefs They tell a lot about who you are and if a certain demographic is ever targeted for who they vote for or what their demographic is, how many people live in their house, it's a lot of dangerous information to give someone. So just keep that in mind. I feel like that is one of those things that just needs to be kept private and secret because no one should know who you vote for except you. And in my opinion, there should be a way for not even the government to know who voted for who. Um, It'd be great if that could happen while still preventing fraud, but... um, Yeah, well, I'm not an election expert, so I don't know how to do that, but I can tell you I wish that's how things were done and we could do things privately yet safely and securely. And uh, that, my friends, is Surveillance Report 25. We are a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. Uh, Crazy how long this has been going on. Uh, We hope to keep it up. It's a lot of fun to do. It's weekly. I'm going to try to keep it more weekly. And again, this is brought to you by Simple Login absolutely love their service. Uh, If there's one thing you should do after this is definitely check out, definitely at least just check out the website. I think once you see what it is, you start appreciating and you go, oh, wow, I could really use that for this one thing. All right, everybody. And as always, if you're listening to the podcast, give us a rating and leave a review and follow our podcast for the weekly news. And also those ratings help boost Um, how we do in the search results, which means more people can find our podcast, more people see the privacy stuff, and more people can contribute and be a part of our movement. If you're watching the video, same deal. Subscribe on the platform you're watching from, share it, give it a like, and do what you can to tune in to our free weekly news. Speaking of, it's all free, so thank you to our patrons, thank you to everyone else who finds ways to support what we do, and also Join if you can. You can join our Patreon for just a dollar a month, and there's a lot of cool perks for you, even for just the dollar tier. Uh, And if you are part of the $5 tier, you get to be in our video outros, and you get to be on our website. That is brand new, by the way. So all $5 patrons and higher get to be on our website, which is a super cool perk. That's all I got to say for the week. Let's hope next week is a little more eventful, or honestly, probably less eventful, considering the more events, the majority of them tend to be negative. So if we lower the frequency of events, less bad privacy news. So maybe this week was a win. That's how we should interpret this. We had a win this week. Only six articles, I believe. Let's try to keep that up. See everybody next week where we try to go for five articles. Goodbye.